Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of District's Discussion. Delighted to say that I'm joined by Ryan once more. Um, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Obviously some, some huge positives from, from Saturday's game against Newcastle and then a few not so positive things from the Tuesday game against Young Boys in the Champions League. Um, but we'll start off with the positive and we'll go with um, sort of the chronological order of things then. Newcastle with Cristiano Ronaldo's debut obviously at, at Old Trafford. Um, seems like an age ago now, to be honest. Um, and it hasn't even been that long. It hasn't been a week at this point when we're recording. Um, and obviously it was a classic Cristiano Ronaldo clutch performance, wasn't it, Ryan? I mean, who else did you expect to score the first goal? Yep. <laughs> and then when we give one up, who's going to get the second? Like, it, it's, uh, I think it epitomizes his career and just everything that you were expecting. Like, because they weren't, they weren't easy chances. Like, the first one is just all all paying attention like he's moving before anyone else's if you go and watch that back like his anticipation and it shows why he has so many goals and then the second like not a lot of room for air and the power and the placement of it like just makes it extremely difficult for the keeper and it's again we we see those chances come up you know every game but how often are we finishing them unless it's mason greenwood not very often that's the thing. And a, lot, a lot of people, I think, have underrated the, the, the first goal, really, because obviously on paper it is a tap-in, but that is a prime example of a goal that we want Cristiano Ronaldo to score and a goal that he will, I'm sure, consistently score in his time at Manchester United. And they're goals that we weren't getting before. You wouldn't see Anthony Martial making that movement, you know. But before the ball had even left Greenwood's foot to, to, to hit the keeper, Ronaldo was already thinking about, you know, the keeper you know, possibly split, spilling it into his path and... You know, he gets his reward for that. And I'm sure Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be delighted with that because that's obviously something that he himself was fantastic at as a player. So I'm sure it's something they've spoke about and something they've got a mutual respect over. And the second goal was obviously brilliant as well. And, you know, Luke Shaw does well driving sort of through the middle of the pitch and, and, and picks Ronaldo out well. And as you say, it was a good finish, obviously, through the keeper's legs. Um, and yeah, another great goal. Um, so yeah, it was a good it was a good all-round performance, to be honest. Um, I think I actually got my prediction right for that one. I think that's the first one I think I've got right um throughout throughout the course of these past few weeks so we'll take that um and we'll take we'll take take the points if if we do get a leaderboard going we'll take the points for that one um with a, I'm just trying to think what else there was talk about for Newcastle really I think Ronaldo sort of dominated the, the headlines really I thought one thing that, that was quite impressive was again obviously reacting well um when conceding an equaliser which is something that you obviously want to see from a team of our stats from something that we maybe haven't seen in the past few years you know it's been a few times where We've perhaps crumbled a little bit when we've conceded, but that hasn't really been the case. And Newcastle, we reacted well, as we did against Leeds as well. Um, was there anything else that impressed you during that Newcastle game, Ethan, you thought sort of picked out as, as something that impressed you? It's what you wanted to talk about from that game. I'd really like to kind of highlight the subs that came on, like performance didn't drop, um, which is, is good. So, like, it, was, it wasn't fully secure at the time of, especially the late subs, but Martial and Lingard coming on, I thought, looked very good. Um, you know, you're not, you're not just doing what Martial does there at the end, allowing Lingard to get the goal without touching the ball. Like if you're not confident in your play. Um, and I think Martial sh has shown over the past year, a very big drop in his confidence, which he's taking extra steps when he shoots. And that's, I think a big part of why his numbers have diminished. Um, and so seeing him look comfortable out there, even if it's coming off the bench, even if it's in rotation, um, is a good sign. So it, it kind of reminds me of a uh, 4 FC, you know, hold my chain. 
Martial coming off the bench and, and making an impact. And, you know, hopefully um, those little cameos can, can really spur them on, whether that's being a big contributor to our team this year or even raising funds for a sale next year, like depending on what, what the plans are, what, what he does. But, um, you know, he's here for now. So let's hope he, he enjoys a good season. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, obviously that that little um, dummy he gave for that goal, for Lingard's goal, is something that won't be reflected in in stats or, or anything really. But obviously it's, it's good to see from him, as you say. It's, it's something, it's something that, you know, we haven't seen a lot of from Arshel, you know, any anything like that, anything of a, of a positive manner, I'm sorry to say, is something that we haven't really seen from Arshel. So, yeah, no, I was impressed by that as well. And I'm happy you brought it up, to be honest. Um, obviously the other goal then was the Fernandez goal, which was a great goal, um, you know, from range. Um you know, we've seen a lot of strikers' goals, if you like, um, from Fernandez in his time at the club. We've seen only a few times where he's where he struck the ball like that, but it's it's great to see. And um, I think it silenced any sort of doubts of whether Ronaldo and Bruno might have some sort of problem playing together. Which I've got to be honest, I think was was a load of rubbish from the off for when people started to talk about that. Um, I think a lot of that comes into how they play in Portugal, and it's yeah. a completely it's a completely different setup. Bruno's role is not the same, and. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, that's why I love to see him score that goal. So I think it just puts those puts those to, to one side. And I think um, anyone who transferred Fernandez out of their FPL might be kicking themselves. Um, I luckily kept, kept Fernandez and had Ronaldo in, so I was quite happy at the weekend, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really it on Newcastle. I just wanted to say Old Trafford was incredible on, on Saturday. One more topic on Newcastle before we move on. Yeah, go James on. Sancho. Yeah, okay. Sancho looked- very, very good. Mm. So, um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Jane Sancho looks very, very good playing on the left side with Luke Shaw. And he struggles when Aaron Juan Basaka is, you know, flanking him off the side. Mm. Um, Sancho is a very intelligent player. He likes to combine with players. Luke Shaw can do that. Aaron Juan Basaka, I'm, I'm not sure he could. So coming in my... My, I guess I was more optimistic that the defensive coverage that Juan Basaka could provide would allow Sancho to be a little bit more free and play um, a little bit more aggressive. But it, it seems to kind of have the opposite effect where it's limiting him um, just because he does like to combine with other players and, and use runs, whether that's a dummy run or someone to combine with. Um, and Juan Basaka just hasn't offered that. Yeah. So it's uh, I do wonder if if that continues, is that going to impact where Marcus Rashford plays? Because we've always seen him best off the left when he comes back. Yeah. I wonder if if he's going to be off to the right, if he's going to be more of a sub and leaving Mason Greenwood over there, who has proven he can play on the right with Juan Basaka like he doesn't need those runs he doesn't combine with people the same way that you know you expect Jane Sancho to so um just something to kind of watch how how relationships in certain sections of the pitch uh grow or hopefully grow throughout the season 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's becoming a bit of a three-way fight now of who can play with Luke Shaw. They're all trying to clamber over to that left-hand side. You know, obviously Pogba is now amongst those names as well as yeah. someone who wants to play on that left and be able to combine with Shaw. And, you know, he's he's been excellent when he's played out on that left-hand side. And I agree, I think Sancho is definitely a lot more positive, you know, especially in the first half against Newcastle. When he was down that left-hand side, there's a few times where he little give-and-goes. I think he linked up with uh, Cristiano a couple of times. Um, he triple-teamed at one point. Like, yeah, it just shows, like... Newcastle were, were not having it. Like, they did not want him beating them. Um, and so that's that's great to see. Like, someone who's been really rough start um, getting triple teamed so early on because he's impacting the game that much. So, yeah. No, definitely. Happy, happy for him. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get on to young boys in a minute. And obviously, Sancho didn't get, didn't get a load of minutes there. Um, and obviously, hopefully, we can just keep kicking on. We know how good he is. I think, you know, it's just a, a case of him knocking down and starting to – Get that consistency and you know getting a getting a solid run in the team, which I'm sure will come with with time anyway. I don't think any of us are too worried about Sancho. But he, as I said on Twitter the other day, I think we do need him to kick into gear quite quickly because he's he's going to be really important if we're going to go and challenge for things on all fronts. So it's just just a case of getting that as, as soon as possible. Um, so moving on to young boys, then um, obviously not as positive, a bit of a uh, sort of a come down from that that great day on Saturday, which was a day filled with obviously you know, passion and, and love uh, from the club, you know, within Old Trafford, it was obviously booming. And then we go away to Switzerland and play on this obviously awkward um, artificial pitch over in, over in Switzerland. Um, and thing, things go a bit wrong, don't they, Ryan? Yeah. Um, I do think the, I don't, again, we should, regardless of what the pitch is, we have the much superior team. We should be winning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that being said, I don't like AstroTurf. I haven't liked AstroTurf. I've been vocal about that for years. Um, and that, there's for multiple reasons. One, it it does change how the game plays. So the way the ball bounces does, it's different. And I think we saw Pogba just completely whiff on a ball. Um, at one point, Wambasaka, the red card probably doesn't happen on a real pitch. He shouldn't have done it regardless. Mm-hmm. Again, have to take responsibility for, for your actions, but the ball doesn't escape from him. And maybe, maybe that's something to think about. Like in situations like this, do you want to play someone like Juan Basaka who consistently struggles with the first touch? Like would, would Dallow be a better option? Um, Do you need Juan Basaka against young boys? I mean, so, so things to think about there. Um, But my, my main issues with AstroTurf is going to be fatigue is typically increased on um so recovery takes a, another day or two typically for athletes um the rate of injury is also increased by about 17 percent. so again in a one-off game it means very little but when we are you know depending on how far young boys go i don't think that these kind of pitches should be allowed in european competitions fifa has already outruled them for the women's world cup um not allowing any games to be held on them so like there's precedent and I, I understand, especially Scandinavian countries where the climate's not great and you need you need a way to be able to play. Um, I get it, but yeah. I would like to see them kind of maybe get a, uh, a different host site that maybe has real grass. Um, just because, again, we, we saw it's you don't want competition to be determined based on a poor playing surface on at this level. 
Yeah, um, it's interesting, really, isn't it? Because there's so many different rules and regulations with regards to dimensions and things like that, and you can only have it in a certain way. It yeah. does seem it does seem weird that you can have a completely different surface of of playing to anyone else in the competition. I do find that quite strange. Well, so I obviously don't want to get into the um into the, the the tunnel of complaining about things. And you know, obviously, as you said, we should have won that game in no matter what. Yeah. But it's it, it interesting to me that that is sort of allowed, really. So it's, it's interesting to hear as well. I didn't know that it had been banned, obviously, in, in the in the women's World Cup. Um, mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, th- I mean, this hasn't. This isn't a new issue when it comes to like injuries and, and the rate of injury. Um, Cause there are different versions of AstroTurf. They are improving yeah. at the same time. Um, you can do even a synthetic weave into a field. So you can have like a mainly grass field and it's, I think it's most notable. The green Bay Packers have this cause they play in a very harsh climate. Um, they have a 3% synthetic weave put into their field and their field is rated consistently by all the players in the NFL as the best field in, in the league. And it doesn't, it doesn't tear, like the injury rates are substantially down, but it also allows the field to be maintained in the terrible climate. Um, so there are options mm-hmm. to, to play on natural grass while maintaining it in a harsh climate. It's just cheaper to go with AstroTurf. The maintenance, um, the, basically there's no maintenance cost on it. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively speaking, it's just a big investment up front. And after that, so it, it could come down to finances and stuff like that. But, you know, Bruges are, are typically in the Champions League. You have to imagine that they would have enough money to to put in the right facilities yeah. for a competition like this. Um, or they can find a place. And so it's, for me, it's mostly player safety. Um, we these clubs are putting millions and millions and millions of pounds of investment into their players. If I am, if I'm owning a club and I, I don't want to send my players out on stuff like that, where I know there's a substantially increased risk of injury, even if it's a one-off game, like, yeah, it's, and that's what I think it comes down to me. Um, Jose Mourinho, I believe complained about them even after we won against young boys three, a couple of years ago. So this isn't coming down to, us losing there's precedent in complaining about this whether it's win or loss yeah no definitely um and i agree i agree it is really interesting one of interest to see if they do start to take more precautions against that because as you say with that percentage increase of, of injury is something that you know is obviously should be on high on the agenda of you know these are also very like this is knee injuries like acl tears you know ankle foot issues like yeah yeah that's these guys is living like well i so. I, I tore my acl on a astro tough funny enough as well so it's funny that we're talking about it as as, as we say um but yeah <laughs> going going into the details then of the game obviously the, the wamba saka um red card completely changes it i think you know from the off ronaldo scores as he does great ball from Bruno fernandez and we don't care how it ends up in the back of the net but ronaldo always seems to find a way um, it obviously goes in in the end. We go one and up, and at that point, I think we were cruising. I don't think we were too too awkward. Young boys, I think, did still look lively at that point. They were trying to create things. They were trying to make things happen. And I think we we were going to need a second goal, really. I think you know just to get that breathing space. And at that point, obviously, Wan Bissaka gets a red card, a blatant red card. By the way, I think you know I don't think anyone has any complaints really about the decision. He goes over the ball and obviously plants his foot straight into the opposition's ankle, um, which is a textbook red card, really. I think in the modern day. Whether, whether people like it or not. So, so the game completely changes from there. Um, and obviously from then, I think 
the only critical thing people had was Ollie's approach to the game and his substitutions that he made in order to, to follow through that approach. What did you make of, of Ollie's substitutions? Obviously, there was a plethora of substitutions throughout the game and, you know, they were all equally baffling, I think, apart from the first couple where perhaps he was just trying to shore things up. What did you make of his approach? So, Della Fratancho, I agreed with. Yeah. That was, like, I think we needed the width. Um and then they were putting a lot of crosses into the box. Um, and so I do like Brian coming on. So again, I know a lot of people didn't like three at the back, um, especially being man down, but given the amount of space that young boys had and the amount of crosses they were putting in, I think Ron was needed. And you look at our options on the bench, we didn't have a midfielder that can cover ground. So getting someone in that can cover ground no one on that bench is going to be better than Rafael Varane. Um, so I, I actually I agreed with that. I thought he played quite well. I think he won a lot of balls in the box for us, cleared him out, and he, he cleared him very well. Um, it wasn't just like uh, I got a head on it. He cleared him out of the area. Um, so given how we initially lined up, the team we sent out, I think that really impacted and limited the changes that Ali could make. Mm. Now, after those two – if you want to, if people want to have a go at Ollie, fair enough. Like after, after the first two, um, I wasn't necessarily convinced. I have my, my reservations about Pogba staying on, especially as maybe keep Donnie on. Cause Donnie, I thought Donnie was playing well um, instead and maybe pull off Pogba. Cause I don't, Pogba likes to hold on to the ball a little bit too long when we go man down that problem becomes a little bit bigger. Um, combine that with he's got a lot of minutes in already, so, like, we could rest him. But he also doesn't have the best defensive work, um, which is something we, we need. And so going down to 10 men and leaving Pogba on was a was probably the biggest question for me. Um, and I don't, I don't think you're going to find many people on Twitter that are – are going to defend Pogba more than myself. Mm. But even here, it's just like probably the guy I, I'd hook uh, over Donnie. But um, even, even over Fernandez, it, I, I, that was the one that really confused me was, was Fernandez coming off. I mean, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't, I was furious when Ronaldo came off as well. And I thought, I get it though. Like, I, that's I, the thing, long term, but like bring on Greenwood then maybe. Um, yeah. Someone who can create something out of nothing. Exactly. Um, I, I do think we need to be cautious of Ronaldo's overuse and, and he's one that's not going to want to come out. Um, but like I mentioned earlier on AstroTurf, the recovery time is, is increased. Like it's, it's just proven that way. Um, and obviously he's had knee trouble in the past, you know, chronically. He has a, yeah. He has a chronic condition that he has to actively maintain. So um yeah, it's getting him off. I, I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, but at the same time, um, you got to lose a battle to win the war. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's who he put on instead. Exactly. So. And the only thing I would say with Southern Ronaldo off is that I think I completely agree he does need to be managed. Obviously, we're talking about a 36-year-old here. We're not talking about a 23-year-old prime Ronaldo as much as, you know, as much as we we see him as this physical god and obviously we know how well Shaper keeps himself. The facts are, you know, you've, you've got to be careful at that stage, you know, managing an athlete. I'm sure you know that better than anyone as well. Um, 
but the only thing was with Ronaldo taking him off is that he he offers a focal point. I think when you're down to 10 men and you, you're looking for an outlet, if you're going to get a goal, the only way you're going to get it is through an outlet, you know, whether that's knocking it long and, you know, a knockdown header or him holding it up and creating some space. It, that's the only way you, you can really get a goal. And that's why... Or set piece, like set piece, like corners, set, like anything like that. And, and is there a better player in the world in the air than Cristiano Ronaldo? So definitely argument um, to keep him on. Whether it whether it's the right way to do it or not, sometimes. Um, so something I, I like to say when I was coaching players is, especially elite level athletes, they will they will go through anything. I think Marcus Rashford epitomized that, playing through countless injuries and very severe injuries. Um, you know, willing to put himself out there with a back injury so bad he can he can't even like sit. Mm-hmm. Goes out and injures himself, and so a coach's job often is not pushing a player, but actually protecting them from themselves. You got to have to know, like, like as a coach, you have to have that long-term vision. And something I've been very critical of Ali through his, his time at the club is he doesn't always have that. He will play players through injuries. McTominay's done that. Lingard's done that. McGuire's done that. Unfortunately, McGuire didn't backfire, but mm-hmm. plenty have backfired. So I'll give Ali a little bit of credit and a little bit of slack here. But the response on, I mean, Lingard, come on. Like, <laughs> it, it was baffling. It was baffling because Lingard comes on and you think, okay, right, he, he, you can sort of see Lingard does work hard off the ball. That's the sort of thing that, that he's there for as a squad player. So you think, okay, so he's, he's, he's not bringing on a striker. He's not bringing on an outlet. He's leaving that. He's, he's, he's forgotten about you know, going on to win the game. He's left that behind. He's bringing on, you know, an extra midfield player, really, to shore us up and hopefully go and get the draw. And then he brings on Anthony Martial with about, you know, a minute and a half to go before stoppage time. Then you think, okay, so he's going to try and nick this. He's brought on Anthony Martial, even though Mason Greenwood, who's, you know, the better finisher and the livelier player, is sat right next to him on the bench and he doesn't get a minute. It was all just a bit baffling, I think, from from that double substitution of Fernandez and, and Ronaldo off for... Who was it? It was Lingard and I don't know who, who else came on in that. Nemanja Matic. Yeah. Matic, I actually understood as well in that game. I yeah. think Matic was a good substitution, but then it, it was just all a bit muddled, I thought. He was in two minds, or maybe even more than two minds, about what he wanted to do, whether he wanted to sit there, whether he wanted to go and get another, or whether he wanted to, you know, shore it up. I, I don't know. It was, it was a weird, it was a weird approach. It wasn't like, a clear, concise plan on how to, how to go about it. Exactly. Um, yeah. And even the reactions, like, it wasn't reaction to the game state. It was just chaotic. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the biggest complaints a lot of people have with Ali is his in-game substitutions are often very questionable. Um, I think a lot of times we've had either a draw or a or a win locked up, um, and he tries to reinforce that. And it's backfired, and I think it's backfired more than not. Even though you know last year we came from behind a lot. But that's typically early on um, when we are playing with the, the lead, it's a little bit more concerning. Um, and we, we seem to give it away quite often. Uh, so that's, again, that's, that's something that has to, has to improve if we want to win silverware. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that game also proved just another point I want to make is, is that Eddington Cavani, when he does get back from injury, will I'm sure have a really big part to play in this squad. I think that's one of those games where you see that in, in that we get the reality check of Ronaldo coming off early. Um, 
And, you know, we didn't have the outlet to look to on the bench to replace Ronaldo. And Cavani is, is that man when he when he's fit. So hopefully he can get back as soon as possible as well, because we need all the squad players we can get to, to help us through this season. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure when he'll be back. And if he'll be back for the weekend, really, it doesn't seem like it. I'm not too sure what the problem is there, but it seems something, a, a tweak in training or something of the likes keeping him out at the moment. So we'll have to see. Um, looking forward then to, to West Ham. Uh, we'll try and move on from young boys um, and away from, from the negativity. We need to we need to win this game on Sunday badly, I think. You know, after, after the Champions League, I think we need to calm things down, really put it to one side and, and keep on plodding through the league games. But... As we know, West Ham are no pushover. Um, they will be missing Mikel Antonio through suspension, of course, which is a big loss for them. Um, probably, probably, you know, one of the better, one of the only players we would have asked to be suspended if we could have before the game, and we managed to get that. Um, I think he got a second yellow very late in the day in that in that ninety yeah. fifth minute, I believe. <laughs> yeah, <Something. so. laughs> which is a bit a bit crazy to be honest. And it's helped us helped in our favour. Um, are you confident for West Ham on Sunday? Um. Confident of a win? No. Mm. Confident of not losing? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. Obviously, West Ham have good players. They have they've shown an ability to to win some big games, especially last year. And the team isn't isn't too much different. Yeah. Um, I think they've improved. Bringing in Zuma is going to help. I think a lot. Um, he can cover ground. He can very very good in the air. Which, again, that that seemed to look like one of our biggest strengths this year. So, um, but West Ham, fairly large team as well. So, like, I, I'm not as confident aerially against West Ham. But again, on paper, like, we're the better team. You got you have to expect to win, and I think that's what it comes down to. If if we're not getting the result, um, that's that's on us. Yeah, definitely. And we've got obviously got a Ronaldo now that hasn't played 90 minutes as well, which keeps him, you know, somewhat fresh, hopefully, even with, as you say, the recovery time of AstroTurf. I, I hope I hope he'll be fine for Sunday and up for it on Sunday as well. I, th- I think it'll be interesting because it seems when this team is under pressure or, um, you know, since Oli has been in the job, it's always been a very good response when we're, un- when we're un- under the cosh a bit. It's just hoping that this Sunday is when we click out the rut rather than, you know, the League Cup on the Tuesday following or something like that because... If we are going to be in this title race, which we should be, you know, with, with regards to our our squad, then you know we've got to, got to win these first few games and keep on keep on plodding through. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say really about Sunday. There's not too much. I don't think to to talk about. Um, you know, I think the this, this squad is you know is, as, as available as it was last week. I don't think we've had any trouble in the week with regards to injuries or anything like that. Uh, obviously, Wambasaka's suspension doesn't apply to the Premier League, of course. You know, it goes without saying, really. I think. So he'll be available and I'm sure he'll play. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's just a case of us us responding again, which is a shame, really, because I think, you know, we speak a lot about bouncing back and responding well um, as, you know, as United fans over the past few years. And obviously we want to stop talking about that and just keep performing consistent, consistently. Um, you got anything you want to sort of touch on before this game on Sunday? I'm just very interested to see how the team looks this weekend relative to midweek um, when we play West Ham again. Yeah. So I think, uh, again, if we have to realize we should have the bigger squad than West Ham. Yeah. And I think we do. So I think we can go stronger this weekend because um, I would expect West Ham to rotate at least a little bit mm. unless they're just 
same team um, going right back out. And even if that's the case, um, I'd like to see some rotation from Ali. You know, it, I know we need to win some silverware, but um, I would I would definitely prioritize the league over the cup at this point. Yeah. So. No, definitely. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's a game where I'd love to see Edinson Cavani play as well. Hopefully he can be back for that League Cup game. So I think that would be a perfect opportunity for him to be sort of reintegrated with the squad. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see which team he plays, whether how, how weak he goes, um, you know, whether Elanga and the likes of him get, minute, get minutes, um, which would be interesting. So I'm really looking forward to that League Cup game. I'll be there again, obviously, at Old Trafford for that one. It'll be an interesting uh, game with regards to that. So... Yeah, I don't think there's much more to touch on, really. I think it's a case of us, first of all, winning on Sunday, most importantly. Um, and then, you know, getting through to the next round of the League Cup. As you say, Silverware's key. Silverware's what's Ollie's, what Ollie's going to be judged on this season. It's something that's obviously evaded him in the past couple of seasons, you know, for, in, a, in a frustrating manner as well. So um, I'm sure he won't take the, competi- uh, the cup competitions lightly. He never really seems to. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how weak he goes. So then, predict- we get to see uh, Scott McTominay return. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, I think he, I think it's proven like how important he is uh, to the side, and like again, someone that I think a lot of us have written off over the years, um, just seems to stick around. And now he looks with our lack of options, very very critical to the side and any success we might have. So. He uh, he might be back this week at some point, so hopefully we'll we'll get to see him back on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. He really has become a sort of a key cog in our squad now, really. And you know, I'm a big I'm a big McTominay fan. I must say, I just I like the sort of the, the the passion aspect of him. To be honest, which I know a lot of people get frustrated at. Oh, he's a passion merchant. He's a player who, you know, is, is rated more for his sort of mental attributes than his physical ones, if if you like. But um, yeah, no, I think he's proven that he's more than adequate to to be at United at the very least a squad player. And, as it stands, you know, I think he should be a starter, really. So that's, I think that, I think you just hit the problem. Um, he should be a starter right now, given what we yeah. have. Ideally, he should not be a starter, but that's exactly the type of person you want as a squad player. He's versatile, great attitude. Like he's not, he's not going to be unhappy being a squad player either. And that, like, obviously everyone wants to, to be the guy, be a starter, but I think he also realizes, like, Hey, like I'm playing for the biggest club in England. Like I, any part I can contribute, I'm going to do that and, and be happy with it. Um, and you also have to look at it in training. Like what, what does he bring to training? Like he, his versatility allows you to, to train against a lot of different stuff for that first team. Um, the intensity is there. Like he can fill a lot of different roles and give profiles that, you know, you aren't always easy to train against. Um, so I, yeah, I've I've really grown to appreciate him as long as his role is what it should be, in my opinion, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I, think, I think he fits the bill of a lot of United, you know, cult heroes, if you like, that have played for the club through the title and inside that, that we've seen and, you know, become, you know, you know recognised as being what, what they were, which was just players who'd step in at the right moment, you know, loved the club and, and did their job. John O'Shea was one of them for years yeah. who played in multiple positions, as was the likes of Wes Brown, you know, Jason Park, um, and go on and on. I think there's even, well, even Darren Fletcher in some ways, I think, fell into that that category and wasn't a, a key star for many years on the trot anyway. So I think McTominay can be one of those players and, you know, it'll be great to have him back as, 
you know, he's, he's a player that I think we all we all sort of really you know grown to value over the past couple of seasons. And you know, credit to Jose Mourinho for for um, sort of rating him in the way he did really. And I think Ollie's used him well as well since since he came in. So yeah, definitely need him back, need him back. Um, and yeah, that's that's it really. I think to be honest. So then we'll get the predictions. Um, obviously, I don't think you've got one right yet. Um. <laughs> I had it until Lingard uh, decided to knock that one in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Great pass from Lingard, to be fair. Um, good ball. Good ball in. Uh, well, no, yeah. I had it uh, for the the goal he scored for us. Mm. I had three one. He knocks it in four oh. one. Uh, last minute, and I was like, huh, I lost it, but I lost my first prediction being correct. But you know, I'll, I'll take it. Like <laughs> that's how I lose it. Can't complain yeah. too much. No, fair enough. What do you reckon? Then we'll start with the Sunday game against West Ham. West Ham uh, version one. If you we'll like, go uh, two one to United. Yeah, I think it is going to be tight. To be honest, I don't think there'll be too many goals. I think to be honest, the game we played last year, I think did did have quite a few goals. I think we ended up was it three two or something like that. I remember Pogba scored a magnificent goal. I remember that. Oh yeah, and um, I think Greenwood scored as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a game with a few more goals. I think it's going to be tight. I'm going to go. We seem to concede every game at the minute, but I'm going to go one 0 Hopefully, we can get. A clean sheet, maybe a performance like Wolves, where we, it's a tight one and we just sort of carry ourselves over the line with, with the quality of the likes of you know Ronaldo or Greenwood or whoever else. So I'll go one there. What do you reckon for the League Cup game? I think that's a really hard one to predict, predict to be honest. I'm gonna go one nil there, and I, I'll say that again. I'm not, I'm not gonna bet on us losing. I probably won't do it all year, so I'm gonna get some wrong. Um, I'm not getting them right anyway, so I might as well be optimistic. So I'll go one, I'll go one nil in the cup. Okay, to, you know. I will go. Tell you what, I'm going to go two-two. I'm going to go two-two, and then I think we get it over the line in some way. After that, I think it. I think it will go the distance. To be honest, okay. But we'll see. We'll see, won't we? I don't know. The League Cup game could be interesting. I don't have a clue what kind of team West Ham will put out. You know, if they've got the squad to put that team out. Um, I mean, Antonio's only suspended for that one game, isn't he? So I don't know if they'll bring him back and let him play that game. I'm not too sure. Um, I, would, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, and so you figure Maguire is going to start regardless every yeah. game. So um, I'm not as concerned. I was wondering if Ollie's going to go with um, Bayi and Lindelof partnership sometimes so he can give a little bit of a rest, but it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, until, uh, until I see it. So, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, Mikel Antonio against Victor Lindelof is uh, not a comforting thought. So I did, I did find quite interesting. Other just talking, but going back to young boys quickly is is that he didn't. I was really surprised he didn't start Varane in that game. I was surprised he started Lindelof. To be honest, you know, I understand. You know, you got to rest and rotate players. It was just I think your, your centre backs and your goalkeeper are positions that you want to keep sort of maintained for quite a lot of games. And this this wasn't a League Cup game. This was a Champions League game, the opening Champions League game. Maybe we just uh, a bit lighter. I was surprised by that. I, I could see it based on if we're going to have possession because um, Lindelof is very good on the ball. Yeah. However, the speed of play is going to be increased so much um, that – and with the midfield being a little bit different in personnel than what we've seen – I would have liked to see Veron in there just for the coverage sake, just because mm. we don't, we don't, we still don't have that mobile DM who can just sit. 
And so without that, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult to play Lindelof, especially it's your opening game in the Champions League. Like you want to win that. Exactly. And so, and it was a variable, a very manageable game to win. Um, obviously, we didn't do it, but so yeah. But it's always easy criticizing in hindsight. Um, we we get a penalty called and we go up two one and hold it out. Like you're not going to see many people complaining about how Ali managed it. Like the result dictating a lot of a lot of what we thought was bad. But again, you can get away with bad and still win. Yeah. No. Uh, exactly. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully we don't have any sort of slip ups or you know red cards on Sunday. Hopefully we can just be a bit more composed in that game, and hopefully you know, you know, Ollie manages it in a in a more composed way as well. Because I think you know, as we said, it was very frantic on Tuesday for a number of reasons, um, partly down to Ollie's substitutions. Really, Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. It's oh. always great to uh, preview, review, and then preview with you. So um, yeah, we'll be back again next week. All right. See you then.